News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Welcome to episode 34 of Queen City Nerves News Hounds podcast. This is Ryan Pitkin, and as always, I have my co-host, publisher Justin LaFrancois here with me. I'm tired. Yeah, that was just got a nice big yawn that is going to spread to all of our listeners as that works. <laughs> but we have um, a special guest with us today from Greensboro joining us over Zoom and it is award-winning journalist Jordan Green with Triad City Beat, and you can also see his bylines elsewhere around the country. Uh, Jordan's done a lot of reporting around uh, right-wing extremism and uh, white supremacy and s- different fringe issues like that around North Carolina over the last, in recent years. How are things going, Jordan? Good. Hey, it's good to be with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I've been uh, wanting to get you on here to chat about some of your reporting as of late. Um, for sure. And now it's sort of at the forefront of everybody's mind. First off, I want to say, is today your birthday? It is. I'm 46 years old. And as I like to say, uh, I'm six years older than Thrasher magazine because I found out that Thrasher was launched in San Francisco 40 oh, years wow. ago today. So awesome. Yeah. I only share a birthday. <laughs> yeah, I have a I only share a birthday with Whitey Bulger and a couple Ooh. of uh, NBA players. I'm about to find out. <laughs> um, well, happy birthday, and we really appreciate you joining us and your family joining us as well. We hear them in the background. Yeah. Uh, the little ones. <laughs> you have one or two? Um, I have two. Nice. Two daughters. Um, so, yeah, let's just sort of, I mean, it's just been an absolutely crazy couple of weeks. Um, and have. we have seen sort of the, you know, the election, obviously, in November and, and sort of stuff come to a come to a head from there can I, has his- can I interject real quick yeah everybody that has the same birthday as me sucks <laughs> who is the top not that they're notably sucky it's just i don't know who these people are uh, except for manny pacquiao oh, you know, yeah. i'll go with that as a- all right we want to get ba- we want to get back to it yeah <laughs> okay go for it but well, uh if one thing i want to say is mm-hmm. i mean in hindsight it's pretty predictable right i mean this attempted coup um and it kind of follows the outlines of the Wilmington coup, uh, which was the only other, only successful coup in United States history. And, but I mean, I mean, it's such a cliche to say what happened last week was uh, unprecedented, but it was, I mean, it was the second time, only the second time in U.S. history that the Capitol has been breached by a hostile force. Right. But, um, yeah, and that's something I wrote about a little bit in my editor's note this past week is just how, you know, sort of shocked and disgusted, but not surprised. It'd be hard to say that you're surprised if you've been paying attention to what's going on um, just country- nationwide. Aside, yeah. from the, aside from the people that were like in there with obvious intent to kidnap and potentially murder members of Congress or the senator, what have you, uh, I consider it hilariously hostile. 
band name because <laughs> yeah. i've been watching a lot of videos and seeing a lot of pictures and we of course were watching it live while it was happening and i was watching the live streams of people inside the building and i was just like these idiots are silly at least you guys with pelts not to mention the guy with the whatever viking horns right yeah. i uh, follow this guy on tiktok that would walk in front of the trump towers every day and scream at the police out there and he went to the Capitol and put an OAN branded thing on his mm-hmm. microphone. So everybody thought he was one American news. Oh, right. So all of them just, they just said everything to him. That's, <laughs> That's what not I a bad idea. That's what I did this morning. So, um, and then, yeah, I think it was Bill Burr on his recent podcast. He just said, you got to be pretty far gone to follow a guy dressed like a Buffalo into the state. Capitol. <laughs> I mean, into the country's capital. Um, I mean, it is. La- I mean, it is laughable in some sense, just with the ridiculousness of the costumery. But um, then again, you know, people planted somebody planted bombs outside of the DNC and the RNC. They right. went in with zip ties. I mean, they they went in. It looks like what they got away with was like pretty small compared to what they intended. I mean, absolutely. To take hostage or even murder um, lawmakers. And I was surprised, actually, one of the things I was probably, I don't know if surprises were, it was a heat of the moment thing, I guess you could say, but just seeing um, seeing the, the vitriol towards police, where they had sort of reached a breaking point where police were trying to do their job to an extent, at least at least a lot of them were. Some of them were complicit and some of them were even, you know, now allegedly involved in pre-planning things like that but for the most part a lot of police there were trying to do their jobs and then you know in the process of that all happening one was murdered um and just how quickly these folks who have stood for law and order for so long or you know in that for that facade to go against the black lives matter movement and things standing for law and order and and how quickly they're they're able to sort of shut that off and it wasn't you know it was clearly never really about that once you get in between them and their trump idol but that being said um just sort of rewinding a little bit you have been reporting on some of these uh fringe movements especially in north carolina for quite some time how did when i was looking through some of your um your portfolio for lack of a better term just of stuff that you've written uh, a little bit today but when would you say it sort of is when that came up on your radar as something that you had was a subject of some stories that you had started reporting on. I think that he said, be right back. Oh, did he? A minute ago while you were talking. Okay. I had to settle down some uh, crying kids. And we can, we we basically Ryan was asking since you, Mm -hmm. since you cover white supremacy, far right movements, the proud boys, nationalism. So in depth in the state of North Carolina, when, how many years ago did that start? What, what was it that put you forward into wanting to cover that so much to where you're pretty much the predominant white supremacy reporter in the state? Um, Yeah, I really started covering it um, right after the election of Trump, which was like, I wasn't altogether surprised that he was elected, but it's still kind of, um, was a seismic shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to um, the uh, the what, loyal white knights of the Ku Klux Klan were having a Trump celebration parade. Um, and I went to cover it and that just kind of 
opened up um, the whole universe of far-right extremism to me. I wasn't really that aware of three percenters before then, mm -hmm. um, the Oath Keepers, um, the Proud Boys were just getting started. And um, so, yeah, so I've been covering it pretty steadily since right. early 2017. So for those who are listening, who are just sort of, you know, because of the most recent events, just now becoming aware of this, uh, this issue, explain to me sort of the, the, the quick uh, rundown of the differences in those groups and similarities, just as far as, let's go with those three that you just mentioned. I think a lot of people are pretty aware of the Proud Boys now, but a lot yeah. of people don't have much knowledge of the three percenters and the Oath Keepers. How do they differ in, in sort of come in and have similarities? Well, the three percenters and the Oath Keepers all kind of come out of the, I mean, they both kind of come out of the 1990s um, militia movement. Um, and the way they're different is the Oath Keepers is specifically set up for um, uh, military veterans and former law enforcement officers, which has a troubling dimension. Um, right. But, you know, you saw a lot of... Um, I mean, even active duty law enforcement and the storming of the Capitol and many um, military veterans who were putting military skills to use. Um, and um, so the, the, their ideology, right-wing ideology of both of those groups is um, they call themselves constitutionalists, um, basically like they believe that um, they can just substitute their own judgment for um, the decisions of courts and right now elections. Um, you know, they discount the fact that the courts, that election officials have validated the results of the election and that courts have upheld the election. And so, I mean, that's a deeply undemocratic movement in right. that regard. Right. And Ashley Babbitt, the one who was killed, shot and killed there, one of the five deaths um, during this, this uh, coup and insurrection. Um, she yeah. was a veteran. She was a veteran of the, what was the Air Force? I believe. Air Force veteran. veteran. Right. Um, and like you said, you know, a lot of these folks, the guy who was arrested holding flex cuffs on the, on the Capitol floor or on the speaker, the chamber floor was a veteran, longtime veteran to, identified by his ex-wife which you're talking about the guy that was standing on the floor floor yeah not he the one have zip ties oh he was holding them the guy i'm talking about did the guy who didn't have his face covered who had his helmet on the green helmet yeah he didn't have zip ties he had flex cuffs man okay <laughs> you're right <laughs> um but his ex-wife uh identified him which i just thought was hilarious that must yeah. have been the best feeling for her don't get divorced right <laughs> if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna try and storm the government right stay married <laughs> i've uh, seen at least three examples of that family members outing the capital coup plotters which is yeah the right. unabomber Oh, that was his brother, was right? His brother. Yeah. You can't trust your family. Well, even in this situation, Justin and I were talking about the the girl. She's uh, I say I think she was a teen. I, uh, either that or young woman. I don't. Know. <laughs> Am I? There was a there was a there was a woman. Yes, there was what she uh, was on Twitter and her mom. Oh yeah, her mom got so slapped funny. because no, she, she got fucking, somebody. She got fucking punched. punched. Yeah, and then her uncle and her. Uh, maybe her dad, stepdad, somebody. I don't know. She turned in three people, though. 
Yeah, she was like, "Is this you, mom?" And yeah. right, you you told you were telling me that I shouldn't get a BLM, right? Because they're violent. Um, right, exactly. And you know, some of this. Uh, well, just even we'll go back and and try to keep it a little bit chronological. But just as far as the North Carolina um, presence of some of these groups. Now, when we talk about um, uh, the three groups we just discussed, and we'll bring in uh, some of the Boogaloo movement in a little bit, but just with those three groups that are specifically very white right wing and have been around a little longer, what would you say the presence is like in North Carolina um, comparatively? Would, is, does one have a stronger presence than the other? Is how would you describe? Um, um, well, the the you know the Proud Boys nationwide have really uh, kind of taken a preeminent position and in North Carolina, they're really strong and they just emerged basically in the past year as, I mean, they have been here since the 2017, but just they've, the Proud Boys have really kind of asserted themselves here in the past 12 months. Um, Jay Thaxton is from uh, Concord. He was arrested for violating curfew. Um, uh, Ryan Barry from Clayton outside of um, Raleigh was arrested for assault the night before. Um, so yeah, there's a number of uh, North Carolina. Right. And one people. guy that you highlighted, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. One guy that you highlighted in your recent cover story. I don't know. Is that online yet? I read it on, on a yeah. virtual issue. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a great cover story um, about, which North Carolina folks were involved in the Capitol uh, coup in January 6th. But the one guy that just stood out, and I think you know this just because you led with him and, and really sort of, he was threaded throughout the article, but uh, uh, where did, so this guy comes from Burlington. Were you aware of him uh, in any of your uh, past reporting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is that these kind of threats that are playing out in the Capitol now are um, you know threats that people in this movement have been making against um, left-wing activists and some journalists for years. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Pennington um, came to my attention after the toppling of Silent Sam, and he was on Facebook, um, you know, saying we need to organize an army to march on Chapel Hill. They've asked for war. Let's give them war. We need to bring violence. We need, we need doers, not talkers. Um, um, so he's um, has been kind of part of the the neo Confederate um, movement. He did um, lead a, a kind of Confederate flag rally in response to the toppling of of Silent Sam, and uh, turned into a brawl with um, a. Uh, Neo-Confederates and anti-racists getting charged with simple assault. Um, Neo-Confederate punched a um, a student, UNC Chapel Hill student in the face. Um, And that was the Confederate leader statue, Silent Sam, that was at UNC Chapel Hill and led to, what was that, 2017? 2018. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a history. Um, Mr. Pennington um, you know, he's not a, he's not a proud boy, but um, he, um, he attended the December 12th rally, pro-Trump rally, where there were like probably a thousand proud boys in their paramilitary gear. Uh, 
Um, and so like, they're also kind of MAGA um, militants that are were adjacent to the Proud Boys, including uh, Mr. Pennington and a crew from Alamance County. Mm-hmm. They were just basically out looking for fights with um, leftists, quote unquote, Antifa. Man, I want to go out looking for fights with those people, <laughs> just like against ready. them. Just as ready to hold the media I want a down. West Side Story, those motherfuckers. Um, oh, yeah. I don't like seeing the media stuff. Like, if I, I had to stop watching the ones of reporters get attacked at the Capitol because when that AP photographer got pulled over that little half wall, Mm-hmm. I was right. like, I was like, I would have, I in my head, I was like, I would have run over there and start stabbing people for him. <laughs> I'd been like, get the fuck off of him. Have you? I didn't um, see that, but I saw the the footage of the um, the the camera tripods getting pushed over. And, uh, no, they uh, there one AP uh, photographer was dressed in all black, like Kevlar. Mm-hmm. And they just were screaming, calling him Antifa, ripping the camera off of him, pulling him from behind. They threw him over a half wall when he got oh, down there. People just started yeah. jumping on him I and know stuff. And I, I, I can't handle that. The, the media role is all fine and dandy for people who can who can handle that as long as they can. But I'd have turned into fight mode. Yeah, <laughs> the murder of the media written on the Capitol uh, door was, if not anything, murder a racist. You know, Fuck more, you. More symbolic. Um, but and, it's you know, sorry to interrupt, but you know, Murder the Media is a Telegram channel, a Proud Boys Telegram channel that where they kind of share, um, I don't know, propaganda news oh. stories. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your reporting in that sense because you are you're very aware of their channels, and and that's becoming all the more important now as they're being kicked oh, off. Oh of man, Parlor! I right. was on there for like five days, and but, I was like, "Ooh, this is." disgusting before we go down that direction yeah it's bad uh have you faced threats just from local folks for your uh and you've done such great reporting and and you're not afraid to name names obviously um do you face i mean do people how aware of they are they of you yeah very aware i've (laughs) i've definitely gotten threats from them and to be honest with you guys i haven't um really publicized them um and that's mainly the reason is just like i don't want the story to be like a you know wrestling narrative where it's like me against them i don't want to center myself in the the story but you know the story is clearly um about the uh that you know part of the story is these guys see the media as the enemy and see uh attacking the media is important to uh push making space for their own narrative and obviously trump has stoked this hatred of and distrust of the media right Um, absolutely he did a really good job of it it was honestly a great job it was a genius sort of strategy that's what i wrote about this week is just how you know the first his first move was to gather people against a common enemy and that common enemy was the only people it seems willing to hold him accountable for any of his actions, which were not necessarily the Democratic Party uh, always, but definitely the media. And he was able to convince his following in a way that just made them say, oh, you're saying that? That means that you are the enemy. And it's a classic uh, fascist strategy to to try to um, discredit anyone who would uh, put forward a challenging, a narrative that challenges 
the power of the absolute ruler and um I have, a, I have a question for you. Uh, have you done any comparisons of like, you know, Monroe used to be what the KKK capital of the South or something like that. Mm-hmm. Was it North Carolina or the South? Like, was that how it was? Branded? It was the South Monroe. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. like in our far right extremism and, you know, white nationalism, all those type of groups, how does North Carolina f- compare to other southern states that have a presence like that would would you say that we're pretty high up on the totem pole or kind of mid-level or we're high up on the totem pole for the the country not just for the south i mean um no i i do uh i have a friend uh really great investigative journalist nate there and he was like what he is always asking me he's like why are all these like far-right extremists coming out of North Carolina. What is it with your state? And I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I was reporting on um, Ukraine. There are a lot of like people who are attracted to neo-Nazism who are going over to participate in the Ukrainian civil war to get training. Um, I remember that story. That was such a good story. We, yeah, ran, we, ran, it. Yeah, yeah. we ran it. That's right. Um, so uh, and, and some of them were are are just like war adventurers, people who really get off on violence. And so I don't know. Maybe we have mil- so many military bases here, and people who want to join the military and they can't join the they're not eligible or don't have the right qualifications to join the U.S. military. So they uh, they join as foreign fighters. Um, that's a little bit of a tangent, but um, no, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's, um, it's funny when you look at the rest of the state and compare it to Charlotte because we're in our blue little bubble, mm-hmm. and we don't get, we hardly get any of that. It's just we don't get it. And yeah, and on that note, I wanted to talk a little bit, bit about what happened in Graham, and and you were there for some of that over the summer. Um, yeah. We're going to take a quick little break real quick and we'll come right back and get down to that and some of the social media channels and and what we're expecting uh, in this coming week. Um, But we're going to take a quick break and hear from Queen City Podcast Network and we'll be right back. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. And 
And we're back on episode 34 of News Hounds. Uh, we have Jordan Green, award-winning journalist with Triad City Beat. And, uh, you know, catches bylines all across the country, different places. Raw Story, I believe. Uh, you've written some great pieces for. A lot of Raw Story. Yeah. Um, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. And, and happy birthday again to you for, you know, people aren't just joining us because that's not how podcasts work. But I like to, to repeat. Thank you. Happy to share the celebration with you. Absolutely. Um, so we were talking before the break a little bit about um, specific areas. Well, we, we didn't necessarily mention hotbeds, but it's definitely a there's there's plenty of presence of these sort of white wing, right wing and or <laughs> white supremacists. You can just call groups. them white. What? It's tough. It's tough. Um, white. I, that's a good point, though. How do you describe these? Because, I mean, there are there are people of color involved with the Proud Boys, let's say, for example. I mean, how how do you differentiate? How do you label them as a journalist? Yeah, I, I label them far right extremists. Um, and uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. I know since the storming of the Capitol, a lot of people have insisted, um, you know, that this is a these are white supremacists and in one sense i agree you know i think that um our tensions as a nation are rooted in our history of white supremacy i mean i think white supremacy is the original sin of the united states of america um but then you have to um to i mean you have to look at, at groups like the proud boys where their leader enrique tario is a afro-cuban Patriot Prayer is another group that is led by a person of color. Um, and I think you have to recognize that uh, some of those men of color are attracted to um, um, the kind of anti-feminist, the misogyny, um, upholding traditional gender, uh, gender roles. Um, my pastor has said, like he kind of just, he kind of swatted that point aside but you know he said once the once the he's once the far right prevails he said the white supremacists will um will kick the men of color out because they will no longer be useful to them and oh right i i can't really argue with that um yeah i mean i guess well i was just having that thought yesterday when you like I, I think I read a story where somebody was trying to identify all of the individual groups that were at the Capitol, like the Proud yeah. Boys and the Three Percenters and all that, and differentiating them. And in my head, they're just the KKK. Right. That's all. That's all that pops into my head. And for that exact reason, like you said about your pastor saying, is once they accomplish what they want to accomplish, they'll kick all the people of color out because they're no longer useful. Yeah. So I, I have a terribly hard time differentiating them myself yeah i would say it's it's um uh, undeniable that within the movement is strong themes of white supremacy whether it you know be yeah following behind someone with a confederate flag through the capital things like that it's look it's, at the guy who was from arkansas who was arrested for propping his foot up on pelosi's desk i mean he he says he's a white nationalist um and oh, even, it? what's that he said it yeah i think he said on facebook um he's like he's like you want to call me a white nationalist well i'm a nationalist and i'm white so 
guilty as charged. Uh. <laughs> um, that being said, it's a good segue mentioning Facebook because a lot of the talk now since then has been around some of the social media channels and Twitter. Uh, just about everybody down to uh, Etsy kicked Donald Trump off of the Pinterest. Pinterest even did right. No, not Etsy, but Pinterest as no, well. Etsy, and, I was saying, jokingly. and Shopify. Um, and Spotify. Yeah, because you can't even say any facetiously because there are some like that <laughs> he, that are real. He can't even make a playlist right. <laughs> on Spotify and share it with people. Um, and this is something that you've been certainly good at reporting on um, during our reporting in Gastonia, I believe. No, no, this was early. This was even, oh, this was during Black Lives Matter movement. And you and I were in touch about some of the chatter going on in chat rooms uh, between. Uh, Boogaloo, yeah, Boogaloo uh, movement and, and things like that. Is, how how important is that to you? Or, or you know, I don't really know how to form this as a question, but you've always been adept at just sort of finding the the local channels where these folks are chatting in. Is that something that takes you know? Yeah, um, I was monitoring them in Discord then, and you know, it's a good question of whether access to that is available. I'll check into that. Um, I, I did read a report that the, there's, yeah, it was the Secret Service put out a bulletin saying to be aware of a boog violent boogaloo attack against the inauguration. Oh, really? So, yeah, I would definitely look for those guys to... Yeah, that's, I like those guys. Well, there, that's the thing about boogaloo movement is that there's, it's a very, it's almost like Antifa in the sense that it's a very broad term that a lot of people identify with one way or another. And it's not in your experience as you have, you, is that sort of accurate in, in my portrayal of saying that it's not necessarily a specific group, the way the proud boys are. Well, I mean, uh, there are certainly some uh, people in the Boogaloo movement, quote unquote movement who are uh, sympathetic towards black lives matter. Um, I mean, the commonality is like they, they they really want violence and civil war and they hate cops um but i think that from monitoring those channels i think some of them did have like kind of lust for uh, a violent confrontation but when it really came down to it a lot of the people who were displaying the hawaiian shirts and the boogaloo memes were about protecting property um right they were not about um protecting the rights of black people who are brutalized by the police. And that reminds me um, of this guy that we spoke to um, for an article that we did sort of trying to get a grasp on what the Boogaloo movement really was. And that was Benjamin Teeter, who was very present in Raleigh over the summer during some of these, um, I think they were like pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment. Yeah. Uh, I spoke to him too when he was en route to Minneapolis. Okay, interesting. Yeah, he went up there during the first George Floyd protests, and um, it sounded like even when he spoke to us, uh, he was talking mostly about protecting property. Even, um, but then obviously things really took a weird turn into left field later. A few months later, I think it's actually only just recently, in December, that he was arrested uh, by December FBI 26. for. 
uh, aiding and abetting Hamas. Is that yes. right? Pro- providing material support to Hamas. How do you even get into that field? Right. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, he found himself in an online rabbit hole that he should not have. Now, been. there was that time that I found that uh, ISIS propaganda website, and I was watching all the videos on there about how. You know, if you want to attack America, you should go burn down their forests and just do just it all. Don't give anyone tips. Well, and I was like, I was like, you know, I'm not an, I'm not an idiot for the most part. No, I take that back. I'm not an idiot at all. But uh, if I were only watching that and I really hated my country, as a lot of people do nowadays, <laughs> I, you know, I could be persuaded to go burn down a national forest. Right. <laughs> so maybe he was just on some funky Hamas website and he was like, I'll shoot an email. Were you were you familiar with that affidavit? Did you read in the details of what Yeah, I mean, I think it was, was I think it was like he wanted to launch an insurrection and then I I remember reading about like wanting to uh, it's always risky to talk about things that when your memory is hazy, but like launching some kind of attack on a, a courthouse or something like that. Right. And it seemed to me like that he was offering his services to Hamas because he was like to build capacity. Like I'm going to have to, um, you know, we're going to have to help each other out here right, to, right. to do anything significant. The enemy of enemy basically type of thing. Yeah, but that's just that's just wild. I have a yeah. boogaloo that I consider a very good acquaintance of mine. <laughs> um, we chat on the internet, and when we see each other in public, we're like, "Hey, man, you want to you want to walk over here next to me?" <laughs> we're good friends, acquaintances. We're great acquaintances. Um, yeah, and there's a there's definitely a wide range of how people believe or what people believe within that group. I mean, there was the California guys who straight up oh yeah those guys killed, are crazy killed security guards not even cops no they were they were cops they were of federal yeah, yeah, yeah federal cops. federal yeah but um it, that shit got really like those guys were not fucking around because they ended up when they got arrested holding shootouts and things um but just in terms of what are your thoughts Jordan as someone who's familiar with the, some of these fringe groups in terms of now that Twitter has gotten rid of them is that uh, a helpful thing in terms of now sort of them spreading out? Now, Parler might have to go down because they don't really have down. a... It's done Parler's with. down. Can't yeah. Go there. yeah so it's, does that make things more difficult for, say, law enforcement to track, journalists to track? Or, you know, do you think that's helpful? It's a great question. I mean, it's definitely um, helpful to de-platform extremists and to de-platform Trump. Um, but it does, it does, of course, make it more difficult for law enforcement and for journalists to track them. Um, it, it makes it, it disrupts their planning, which is good, uh, especially the next, between now, the next week between now and inauguration is very dangerous, a very dangerous right. period. Um, so it's good that it disrupts their planning. Um, on the downside, it makes them more desperate. Like they feel like they're pushed up against the wall and they need to take action mm-hmm. now and they don't have the luxury of planning. Um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> well, they spent so much time complaining that their voices were being silenced, not that they ever were, if anything, we were just amplifying their their white voices through 
through telling the stories about them being idiots, but that you're right about that making them more desperate is now they're going to be like, they, they literally have silenced us. And I, you know, I, I agree with you, the downs and the pros and the cons of it. Mm-hmm. I think the, the biggest con is the fact that law enforcement and journalists can't track them because if they were smart enough, then all of the dedicated people could have made email list serves or, or anything where they can communicate and still plan to do things in private. Now, of course, they won't have the same reach because they can't speak to strangers or people that they don't know personally. But word of mouth is just a word of mouth got a lot of people to places before the internet did so mm-hmm. you know i i think it's a dangerous thing for us not to be able to see what they're saying and track what they're doing yeah one thing that i've witnessed that's incredibly interesting is the the night that parlor was deplatformed by amazon um the proud boys set up a telegram channel which they called parlor lifeboat and so all of these people from Parler signed on to Telegram and this uh, channel went up to 14,000 members. I was watching it go up um, and they had, a, they had a voice chat. So anybody can just like jump on and talk. Um, and there were like 200 people on it. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm safe to just like listen in and nobody's really gonna notice me. and there were, um, you know, people talking about their guns. I didn't hear any any domestic terrorism planning take place, but people talking about their guns and why they love Trump so much. The other thing I wanted to say about that is um, there are a lot of explicitly neo-Nazi groups on Telegram that are out recruiting for the new people who got dis who got kicked off of Parler. Mm. Um, so, I mean, the, the other dangerous thing about this moment is um, the white supremacists who have stayed on the sidelines um, and let other far-right extremists do the fighting, now they're kind of looking for their opportunity to move in and um, take advantage of the chaos, take advantage of the disillusionment that Trump supporters are experiencing right now. Well, if we could just give them a blog like Creed in the office, where you just give them a Word document and tell them to type into it their plans, and then we can read it, that we'd be good to go. Man, they started an entire social media platform. They're smarter than a Word document. <laughs> but uh, so, Jordan, what, what are your plans for the inauguration? Are you going to Raleigh? We have a photographer going to Raleigh. Not for us, unfortunately, but he'll be there. Our photographer is going for someone else. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you going to Raleigh? I'm, I'm planning to go to Raleigh on Sunday, maybe Saturday, too. I'll just play it by ear. I want to go to D.C. Um, Not to report. I just want to witness it. So you're going to be going live, all right. Oh, uh, yeah, I would. Um, so what are your, I mean, I don't expect you, we, even if not unprecedented, we certainly live in unpredictable, uh, times. Um, and I don't expect you to, to be able to speculate and guess the future, but I mean, are you, are you, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Are you seeing any, or guessing that you'll see any sort of 
violence spread beyond DC, whatever happens in DC, do you think that it'll spread to different? Cause I mean, it was super quiet. The fact that other state capitals were attacked Everywhere. on that day. Wait, what? On January 6th. There were, there was like three. Oh yeah. 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 It was pretty quiet. Are you? No. Yeah. yeah. I think it could happen in any state capital. Um, or I just think that, um, I mean, there's, there are groups on the far right who are saying, oh, you know, January 17th, that uh, our, um, armed rallies at state capitals thing, it's a trap, don't go. But there are other people who I'm sure are looking for the opportunity to make a statement. And so I would just expect um, people who wanna create maximal chaos around the inauguration including in the days leading up to it and right capitals i think that's one of the so uh, i'm concerned i don't want to say positives it's not the right word but it's it's something that, that makes it so that you know january 6th was not the worst case scenario in the fact that it sort of splintered a lot of the groups into some of them thinking like what you just said oh now january 6th 17th is a is a trap and don't do that and there's a lot of infighting as far as opinions on how to approach things there's a lot of people from leadership levels just from politicians alone who would have once supported these so-called patriots as they would even refer to them publicly who now have sort of moved back and backtracked and even you know will go as far as to uh, turn their back on donald trump when they've been you know sitting on his lap all four years and and i think that's a sort of a uh, silver lining around January 6th. I don't think, yeah, so. but, I think that was the best thing about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not sure I agree because, I mean, I think that a lot of people who participated in that have really dug themselves in. And unless they're willing to just like completely renounce it, um, they uh, feel like, you know, they're, they're on the watch list. Um, so and some of them feel like they can't afford to allow Biden to become president because of the federal investigations. And so they have to do everything they can to oh, right. press the issue now. Um, but do you think that that group has gotten smaller now? Obviously, the ones who are there and, and now have all the eyes in the world on them maybe become more extreme. But do you think that January 6th was a strong recruiting tool? Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised Ashley Babbitt hasn't been used. And maybe I'm just not seeing it. I, um, I'm not on the same As a martyr. platforms. Yeah, but I'm, I was expecting her to be a huge martyr uh, for these people. And then to see like the next few days, rather than make her a martyr, they're calling her Antifa. A lot of conservatives or extremists are calling her Antifa. And they'd rather just not even be related to the the incident on January 6th at all. Do you think that that turned into a recruiting tool or turned into a negative for that whole movement for lack of a better term? I mean, I would, I would predict that over the next couple decades, she will become part of the pantheon of right-wing martyrs. Um, yeah. I have seen the ridiculous Antifa right. uh, conspiracy theories, but that's that's one of the things I think that has been most um, interesting, and I don't mean to say that as if I'm just entertained sitting back. Some of it, <laughs> some of it, I am entertained by when it comes to these groups. But I mean, the the presence 
an overlapping sort of Venn diagram of QAnon and just their existence through all this makes everything just that much weirder. Yeah. Uh, how how yeah, have, you, have you heard of what Hillary Clinton was doing? <laughs> eating children? <laughs> Something like that. All right. How I mean how yeah. much how much does that play a role? Let's just keep it local for now and what you've seen in North Carolina. Do you see their their influence playing more of a role lately, having played a strong role in the past? What is what do they come in locally, I guess? In North Carolina, I mean. Yeah, I mean North Carolina is just indicative of the whole country, but Mr. Pennington, who we talked about, is a QAnon follower. And right, you're right. He said, uh, yeah. he said Twitter deplatforming Trump is all part of the plan. Um, that it's everything's going according to plan. Um, but one thing, one interesting wedge, I will say, is like that a lot of the Proud Boys turned against Trump when he said, "Go home now." Mm-hmm. Um, so the QAnon, but the QAnon people are loyal. They have to be loyal to Trump because Trump is the the knight in shining armor who is going to expose the truth and expose the pedophile um, cabal that controls, supposedly controls all these Democratic Party and all kinds of elite institutions. You heard it here first. So, so Q's they they're loyal to Trump. That is that is Trump said. He loves us. Go home. We're going to go home. And then the Proud Boys are like, you know, Trump's real cool. But like, go home. We're going to fight. Hell no. We're not letting Joe Biden be the president. We don't care what you say. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, I mean, that's a that's a wedge. If uh, someone cares to drive it, uh, if you have a chance to talk to these people, um, you know, just point out the contradiction that they they can't really have it both ways um that coalition might have a limited shelf life trust me i would give a lot to talk to some of these people i want to i want to be best friends with some of them not like you know we get along type best friends but like just that (laughs) idiot that you know i see him at the bar um well that's not okay well just sort of sort of wrap this up i mean we're going into a weekend and a week that are like i said before one of the most unpredictable things and everyone's sort of on edge about what's going to happen that's on wednesday right wednesday's yeah. the inauguration yeah and then the events or you know there's all sorts yeah. of different mixed flyers going around in terms of right-wing protests marches rallies in in raleigh even specifically um are you expecting this to sort of be you know you've you've attended any number of different uh second amendment pro-confederate any number of white supremacy and and right-wing rallies is this something are you expecting to see something beyond the scope of anything that you've witnessed in 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 your time reporting on it yeah i mean i just feel like this what we saw on january 6th it was awful and unprecedented but we could see a repeat of it i mean they might repeat make a repeated attempt they they might so just people should be extremely careful yeah sorry my dog wants to go outside that sounds like it sounds like the dog and not the kids this time i was gonna say um well we're gonna let you go and let that get that dog out but Mm -hmm. um 
or I just want you to stay safe out there. Happy birthday, brother. But uh, when you're when you're out there reporting this weekend, definitely stay safe and keep yourself protected. And if anybody threatens you, I'll be I'll beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all. Thanks for having me. And everybody, please uh, stay safe. Look out for each other. Wear masks. Um, stand stand up. Take a stand up and defend democracy. Though, but be be as safe as possible. All right. Be, be a you- Eugene Goodman. Absolutely. You know, he and, was in the Airborne Corps as well. Was. A military veteran. Um, Good on him. Well, we appreciate you, Jordan. And um, stay safe this weekend, like I said. And we'll we'll talk to you soon. 